Welcome to the Mobile Home Park Minute. I'm your host, Tyson Cross, and in this show, we explore all things mobile home park investing. From just getting started and trying to figure things out, to the latest news and changes in the affordable housing sector, and everything in between. I hope this inspires you to be a more thoughtful, intentional, and successful investor in the space. So thanks for listening, and let's get into today's show. to talk about a topic I just read about in Bigger Pockets. Uh, it was a question somebody asked regarding a mobile home park for sale. And specifically the question was, and I'm gonna I'm gonna s- summarize the question, but basically they're looking at a mobile home park to purchase and on financials everything looks good. It's priced roughly at an eight cap, which according to this person seemed to be fair for the market. However, once they drove through the property, looked at it, and just got their feet on the ground, uh, tons of these homes, or a majority of these homes, were in very bad shape. Stuff was falling apart. Things were uh, didn't look very good. You know, there was beware of dog sign, and just generally speaking, the park was more what you would call a quote-unquote trailer park. Their question was, is this overpriced? What sort of things are we should I be looking for? And what has been your experience in this case when you know, you've know you got a park that's all tenant-owned homes uh, and it's priced right, but these homes are in bad shape? And so, pretty interesting topic given the fact that we're seeing mobile home parks priced at all-time highs right now. I mean, everywhere you look, it's, uh, it's pretty funny to see the increase in value that's happened these last four or five years as a direct result of demand, right? I think supply and demand has been the probably number one reason why so many of these parks now are, are priced in the areas and values that we're seeing. And so let's attack this question, generally speaking, head on. I think there's a couple points I want to make about it. First off, I would ask, you know, what market is this park in? I think an A-cap for a park that's priced, you know, on the on the actual financials trailing 12 or maybe even going back 18 months um, can be fair. You know, that's that is what we're seeing uh, depending on what market you're in. Um, but I'm I'm seeing average cap rates generally. In somewhere in the eight percent range. Now we're talking about smaller parks. Um, I believe this was a thirty to forty space park. So you're, you're going to be on the smaller side. We're talking not necessarily a senior park. Uh, these are generally speaking family parks, and they're going to be tend to be you know, maybe a mix of single wides and, and primarily single wides. Um, unless you go to markets like I'm in, like Portland or the West Coast in general, uh, where cap rates can go down as far as even, you know, sub five into the fours. But generally speaking, a cap isn't unreason, you know, isn't unreasonable, especially if there's some value or upside to be had in that particular park. So that would be the first question. Where is this located? It seems to be in line. You know, if I was talking about this park in, in Portland, that would be a high cap rate. And in this case, with this scenario that we're talking about, it may actually be priced right. So again, that's important, knowing what market it's in, comparing it to other cap rate properties, and and just making sure in general is this priced in line with what we're seeing for that particular market. Secondly, 
the question really pertains to the facts or the, the, the fact that these homes are in bad shape or the condition of the homes. And so, you know, when you think about it, <clears throat> you're buying an income stream, right? And so when you're paying, when you look at cap rate, it's, it's really, you know, reflection of what your rate of return should be if you bought the park or the property unleveraged, meaning no debt. And so you're buying an in income stream first and foremost. And at the end of the day, part of your underwriting or how you factor in what you're going to do when you buy that property is how much money you're going to have to, going to, have to put into the property. And so in a case where you buy an asset that is severely uh, in, in severely poor shape, you need to account for that correctly in your underwriting. And what I mean by that is knowing that this park has dilapidated homes and things are falling apart, uh, you've got major cleanup issues, you're going to spend money in that park one way or another. You know, you could argue the fact that, well, you know, all these homes are owned by the residents. And that's true. That doesn't mean that you're going to pour a bunch of money into the park day one necessarily, although you will. Um, but it means that when you have a home that becomes vacant for whatever reason, you are most likely going to have to pull that home out and then replace it with a new home. All of that costs money. And you need to properly prepare yourself to do that. Um, I can't tell you how many people don't capitalize themselves going into a purchase. Being well capitalized at the point of purchase is probably um, it, it's so underemphasized and, and so many people don't think about that. They just say, well, how much money do I need to get into the property? Guys, I'll tell you right now there, that there is, once you close on a property, that is not the last time you're going to be spending money. Um, it, it is much better to go into a purchase with a well-capitalized bank account and, and planning for some of the CapEx that you're going to do in one, two, three years rather than have to dip in and use the cash flow. Now, you can certainly do that, uh, but that means you're not taking money out of the property, right? And so just understanding the position you're in and what you're going to be doing is, is crucial. And so I'd go back to this person and I'd say, look, this park has... All these homes are run down. At some point, someone's going to be uh, is going to move. Someone's going to be evicted. Someone's going to pass away, and you are going to be stuck with a home on your hands. If someone goes to sell one of these homes, chances are it's not going to sell if it needs a ton of work. At which point they may leave, or they just may turn this over to you. You will get homes back in a park like this. Um, and so the question becomes: Do you have the money to, to fix things up? Do you have the money to, to pull homes out? And then do you have the capital to then bring this park up to a, a better state than it's in? And so I go back to the fact that I would do some heavy due diligence. You know, if I was going through a park, I'd start to note everything that needed to be repaired. What are the streets like? I mean, the roads like? What, what condition do these uh, electrical pedestals look like? Um, you know, are there any noticeable water leaks? What, what are the trees? Are they overgrown? Are we going to have to prune trees? Obviously, the homes are going to be bad, right? So you can't necessarily, I mean, you know you're going to have to pull homes out and you can only do so much on these exteriors if people live in them. Um, you know, in Oregon, we can require a tenant when they sell their home to, to do certain upgrades before they sell it. In other words, we can go walk the exterior and we sign off on a sheet that says, look, you have to do X, Y, Z before you sell this because we're trying to keep the, the aesthetic or appearance of this park clean. 
And so, you know, what are those things that you need to do? But I would look at the CapEx and I'd go back to the seller and I'd say, look, this park is not worth what you're asking. The reason is you're pricing this park, yes, on an A cap from a financial standpoint, but look at all these things I need to spend money on, X, Y, Z, that adds up. And unless you're accounting for that number in the price, then someone's gonna have to pay for it, right? And so in that regard, you could be overpaying for a park if you're not accounting for that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean the seller is going to necessarily take it. I mean, we're in a market right now where it's it's still a seller's market. I mean, people are paying absorbently large prices, exorbitantly, excuse me, large prices for parks. I mean, we're seeing some apartment owners that sell apartments get into the park space and, you know, they're outbidding some seasoned park investors. And so... Bottom line on this scenario is you really have to understand how much capital is going into this particular property and um, understand that that's going to be money spent at some point in the future. The best case is you can negotiate some of this upfront in the time of purchase, but it needs to be done on the front end. And uh, because a lot of what you'll see from an exterior standpoint is stuff that you can walk. In other words, you don't need to do an inspection to understand what condition the exterior of a park is in. You know, I would I would peek under homes. I would look at the water connections to the homes. Uh, I'd look at the electrical connections to the homes. Um, if it's above ground utilities, I would definitely look at that and see what any, you know, see if there's any issues there. All of this stuff is going to be capital outside of replacing homes. You know, a goal for, for any investor should be to improve the value, not not only the value, but the appearance and the the park itself. I mean, you know, part of hopefully you as a park investor is to really improve the community that you're buying. And so, at the end of the day, you need to understand that these things cost money. And uh, you know, if, if if it's valued on an A cap and the market dictates that's true, it still may be overpriced because of the condition. Don't let the fact that just because these homes are owned by the residents mean that it's okay to price it wherever they they feel like the market is. Hey, thanks for listening. If you liked today's episode, please share with a friend. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review. Also, check out more info at my blog at TysonDCross.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Take care.